Hi, I'm Jesse Greiner, Social Media Coordinator for the STEM-E Youth Career Development Program. Welcome to the second episode of STEM-E Interviews. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you for having me. My name is Jean-Olivier Bock, uh, First Officer with United Airlines, and uh, presently also a co-chair membership with the Organization of Black Aerospace Professionals. Thank you for joining us today. Um, can you take us through your life, where you started, and how you got to where you are today? Oh, Jesse, um, uh, great question. Wow, to my life, I hope I can write the book. Uh, let me just tell you shortly here in, uh, in a quick second. So my journey started just in Cameroon. I'm originally from Africa, in Cameroon, and uh, with a dream, a childhood dream, and uh, I just want to be an airline pilot. So I grew up in a family house where my father was a lumberjack and my mom was a bank teller. So I got three siblings. I'm number one in my family. And I always wanted to do, uh, uh, to be an airline pilot. And where I grew up in a small rural area in Cameroon, we didn't have much uh, in life. We didn't have any access to airport, like here in the state, the few miles you can find an airport but i seen airplanes on the books and i hear about them or watching tv sometimes and the only thing that i can remember that kept me on track was the fact that my parents always say that education will be the only thing that will make us come out of poverty so cameroon is a country that was colonized by the french so when you graduate in high school if you want to further with your higher education, you have to proceed in Europe, basically. And that's the step I took and I was sent to France. So just think about someone who get to France and with a culture change, because it's not the same type of living, the food are different. And I have to deal with like a full season. Even though I was speaking French, it was a challenge that I have to overcome. And I continue my education doing uh, a lot of math and science, because that's what I really love at that time. And uh, in 2000, I was not able to continue the training in France because you have to pass an exam to be able to enter a pilot school. And I was accepted to come to the U.S. Uh, in the Tona Beach at Embraer uh, to do my flight training. That's where I did my flight training in the Tona Beach. So I, I did that. And in the meantime, the industry kind of take a hit because of the 9-11. And I stepped aside for a good four to five years. Uh, during that time, I was a customer service at the airport. I load bag and I uh, put people on the plane sending the ticket to just stay myself engaged with what I try to accomplish. And I become an instructor at one point of my life to build my flight time. And five years ago, I joined what we call the Park 121, where you fly commercially. Uh, in the industry, like a big plane. Uh, my first job was uh, Pitman Airline, and I was a captain with Mesa Airline flying the Embraer 175. And for the past two years and a half, I'm flying the Airbus with United Airlines. That's, that's extraordinary. Um, what, are, what are some of the basic duties of a, a flight officer like yourself? A flight officer like myself, I mean, what entitles the first thing and the number one thing, like anything else, is safety for the general public, safety of my passengers. Because I always think that the passenger or the customers that I have in the back might be a family member, 
So I take my job really seriously. So that would be the number one thing. The second thing that as a first officer specifically, I'm entitled to help uh, the captain who is the final authority on his duty and responsibility. So when I check in at work, what I usually do, I have to storage my bag. I go to do the walk around on the pavement. and I just check uh, if we don't have uh, any uh, liquid, uh, something that is out of the range. And I bring that to the captain's attention. And when it comes down to flying, we both are qualified on airplane as a first officer or as a captain, but in one leg. So what is a leg? We're flying, for example, from Houston, Texas. Let's say we're going to New York, right? And um, either the captain want to fly the leg. So if the captain decides to be the pilot flying, I would be the pilot monitoring. And my job at that point become where I just talk on the frequency with the air traffic controller. Very cool. Um, so when did you first, at what age do you think, uh, did you first decide that you wanted to pursue uh, being a pilot? Oh man, that was at a, a young age. I'm afraid at the old age. Again, I, I state in an introduction that my uh, father was a lumberjack. So they have on a place of work, they had like a lander strip because they were receiving like a goods. And one summer, I remember it brought us to, uh, to the field uh, with uh, my uh, brothers and sister. And we were just sitting there having lunch. And guess what I hear coming from the sky? I hear some noise. And when I look up, I see just this machine flying around. I have, I have no clue. I cannot relate. That was an airplane. But I cannot even tell you until probably today that was this type of airplane because now I have the knowledge and I have the education behind it. So I just hear that machine uh, maneuvering from his downwing leg and uh, come to land and I was just done. And I sat there, see the same machine taking off and just disappear on the horizon. And I was just hooked up. So I was, I was really young. I think I recall I was probably nine years of age. Wow. Um, so walk us through the training needed to be a, a pilot. Sure, Jesse, uh, yeah, the training needed to be a pilot. Uh, you got two options, okay? Okay. You got a civilian options where you basically pay from your own pocket. And I'm, that's the one I took, and I'm gonna describe that in a second. And you have the military option where someone else is paying for that, okay? But at the end of the day, the training gonna be almost the same. I mean, the license you're going to obtain might be civilian or you're going to be obtain the military license. So when you finish up to serve on the armed force, for example, then you will convert that to uh, the civilian. But as a civilian person, uh, everything starts at a young age. All right. You really need to like the subject of STEM, you know, the science, technology, engineering and math. Uh, that will make you resolve a lot of problems that you're probably going to encounter during your training. So from there, because you're so civilian, you got to choose. You can decide to train just like you're learning to drive a car, for example, where you just go straight in and just do it. Or you can choose to the university. So at the same time that you obtain all your licenses, they gave you also credit for your education and you get like a bachelor degree associated with your licenses, right? So they have different levels. So your first license 
if you're really serious to become a professional pilot, your first license is a private license. If you Einstein, the book is saying that you need 40 hours of flying time for you to be able to obtain that license. But for someone like me, I was an average uh, student. So I accomplished that at 65 hours. But in terms of the hours, you don't have to be really kind of focusing on the hours because it's just accumulation over time. So after probably 20 years of flying, you might say, hey, how many flights you have? Yeah, I got 20,000 hours, right, for example. So you never lose that. It's not because the book is saying it's 40 hours that if you do that at 65, you're going to be looked differently. So the private will not make you earn any money, right? So you got to move to the next license, which is the instrument license. Now, instrument meaning that you can fly in the bad weather, you can fly inside the cloud, you can fly without looking outside. You just look at the instrument. So you believe what the computer is telling you, you believe what the indication from the airplane is telling you, like you're just looking at your car gauges, right? Uh, my speedometer saying I'm doing 70 miles an hour, so I'm just believing on that. I don't even have to look outside because that's what exactly the machine is doing. So you just progress from there, right? And then after that, you earn your commercial license at 250 hours. Commercial means you start flying smoother and you can start getting the money. You start getting paid. See what I'm saying? So now based on where you want to go, if you want to achieve the highest level, we call that the ATP, the air transport pilot. So you're flying big airplane for big company and earning a lot of money, right? Then you need at least 1,500 hours to be qualified for that. And how you bridge the gap in between by either become a flying instructor or by taking a small job where you know, you're flying here, that's JC driving on the ground. You know, you got some airplane flying on top and you don't see them. Those are the folks that can tell the policeman down the road, hey, car, the red car, Honda car is doing like 80 miles an hour, right? And he tell the police because he's up here and you don't see him. And then see, you know, where this guy came from? How you know I was speeding, right? Because we, we they have that kind of a job. Or you can do the tow buyer banner towing to build your flight time. You see that like when you go to the beach, you see guys just circling around with advertisement and stuff like that. And you can do like a traffic watch. That's what I was describing. Or you decide to become a flight instructor where you teach some other student how to fly and you build your flight time toward your 1,500 hours. So that's a civilian route. Again, I usually encourage um, students to go to the university route because we never know what can happen to your body. Remember, every single year, we're gonna see the doctor to testify that we fit for flying. And you can be sick and you don't wanna do it anymore or you cannot do it anymore because you didn't have your medical license, right? Because you got a bachelor degree on a specific area and specific subject within the aeronautics or within the aviation, guess what? You can walk in the office and still enjoying your passion and still be working toward something else by developing an insight. So that would be my answer for that one. What, what character traits do you think are important to um, being in this industry? Uh, that's a wonderful question, Jesse. I mean, what are the character traits uh, for this industry? I, I will fall back in my journey 
that make me successful? Basically, that's the way I, I, I will respond to the question. What will make you basically successful in this industry? Because we are all different. What make me become successful in the industry? So I grew up again where my parents was just telling us, if you want to better your life, you got to educate yourself. So they were pushing us, whatever you decide to do. So that was the number one thing that I would say that I brought into my attention. And then the perseverance, because living that small village or rural area in Cameroon where I grew up, going to France, adapt, you got to persevere. It's not an easy task. It's not an easy thing to do in life. So that would be another character trait. And I was determined to really get to the goal in my life. So determination would be something that I would bring into the, the conversation. And then you got to be dedicated because a, a lot of things will come through your path. So you persevere, you determine, and you got to be dedicated to your goal. Sometimes you might fall aside, and but you got to rebound from that. So I would say those are the three characters that basically brought me where I'm at today. And there are several other characters, but it would go individually to uh, every single uh, entity, every single person. And so going from um, Cameroon to, to uh, France and then to, to the uh, United States, um, are you fluent in all three languages? Do you have to learn like... Uh, that's, that's a wonderful question. I have, I have a chance uh, to really embrace more than I mean, the three languages I get described, like from French. So I was born because I was colonized. So I'm, I'm fluent in French. Oh. And then going to France, that was just a, a bonus per se. And I learned English, uh, come to the US. And because I was in Florida, most of the time, I have a lot of friends that they were Spanish. So I know how to speak Spanish. Okay. And when I was in France, I was taking like as a second language, I was taking Italian, but I lost in here 20 years. I didn't have a chance to, uh, to, to practice Italian, but I was able to uh, speak because all those three languages, French, Spanish, and Italian are what they call Latin language. Mm -hmm. They're pretty much the same. You just have to probably change the pronunciation or change maybe an O for A and you'll be able to, uh, to have a conversation. Awesome. I think um, learning different languages is helpful or useful um, in being a pilot. Yes, most definitely. Most definitely. Okay, I, I, I grew up, let me just give you a, a quick story here. I grew up where um, my generation, uh, they were telling us for you to be a pilot, you got to wear, to have 20-20 on a vision, mm -hmm. right? So if I were looking at you, JC, you got glasses. You already, you can all do it. Okay, but we saw events in science and technology that today is not the conversation that we're having. Now, going back to your question, how the languages, the multiple languages, really is attached to what I do every single day? I told you that when the industry was open and prior to the pandemic, I had the opportunity to fly Mexico and Canada. The Canada speak French and English, and I was fortunate enough that I traveled a lot and I went to Italy, my best place, Capri. Guess what happened when I get there? I'm able to have a conversation that I'm having with you right now. We carry people on the plane. Unless I speak to those people, I don't even know where they come from. 
just imagine yourself, you have 300 passengers and we have an incident or an emergency. And one of your passengers named Jesse Greener and Jesse Greener only speak French. Mm-hmm. And the plane left from the US, full crews. And John is the only one who speaks French. Who do you think that we help you? Who do you think that you're going to be able to communicate with? So it's really important. And the last thing that I want to add about the fact that it's really important if you can't speak more than one languages, you break, you're breaking barriers that open more rooms, right? My generation growing up, maybe the world was just tiny, right? But we're on a global world right now. It's not even, it's not about Europe anymore, or Africa anymore, or Asia anymore, because we are kind of on competition. And if Jesse don't do the right thing here, someone else will replace Jesse here coming from Africa, right? With another background, with another languages, because he's capable to do the same type of job. Just look, I didn't grow up where we have internet, for example. Now, whatever is happening here today, the people know exactly what's happening here 60,000 miles away because the communication is just that powerful, right? Now, if you don't speak another language, guess what? You limit yourself. You're not open uh, to that section. So I'm open with my four language. I'm open to four. You can throw me anywhere. Guess what? I will survive. That's probably one of my strengths. That's probably one of the attributes that I can bring to this conversation that make me really determined and resilient. A wonderful question. I love that question. What majors would you suggest um, someone pursue in order to get a pilot's license? Now, um, I choose personally, I choose to do the aeronautics because I just love the aviation that much. But your pilot license, your driver license, all right, is not technically attached to a subject. So we have pilots and they have a background like I'm a business management background, but they have the license, right? And I could have probably done the same, but now it comes down to what's your, what's your interest. It's totally different, different training. So the pilot license is pilot license. It's just a training license. You know how to fly, you know how to drive a car, right? But you can have a bachelor degree in communication. You can have a bachelor degree in business law. You can have a bachelor degree in engineering, but you just love how to fly. You just love how to drive the car, right? So that's just uh, uh, what you have to do now. It's up to you if you want to stick on the same product or the same type of subject, then you, you just take something that is attached with uh, with flying, but it's open. Cost before, um, what is the cost to uh, go through this whole process and obtain a, a pilot's license? And uh, what would happen if someone was not able to afford it? All right. I mean, you, 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 you have a wonderful question there. And, uh, and the second part of it, you have someone living truth, witness of that second part of the question was not able to afford the pilot training, all right? And I will answer that one very quick. And how I did that, I just had like a three jobs. Yeah. Okay? And I just saved my money that way. And the way I did that, because again, I described that you got private instrument commercial, so different section of the training, right? So I was working six months, for example, based on how much I want to save. And I was going there 
pay that money and finish up that license, come back and work again and finish up that license, pay back again and finish up that license. That's one way. And I truly love that section of my life because I was not a U.S. citizen that have access to loan because if you're U.S. citizen or U.S. resident, you have access to loan. So you can basically borrow the money from the bank with some interest and pay your train that way. And at, and at the end of the day, you're going to have to reimburse that some people, I mean, really have some big debt of doing that until you reach my level where the money or the return investment start coming back and you start reimbursing that you're comfortable in life, right? Now, in terms of the cost, like anything else in life, 20 years back, it was already expensive for someone like me that today, when I look at a number, the number just went exponential because that's just every single year, uh, the economy grow and every single year, the cost of living also grow, right? Now, on a good average, if you're really a good student, my advice to anybody else out there, I didn't know until I was done with all my training, I shouldn't even work too hard, right? As a student, by try to work six months, save some money, go to flight training, go work again, save some money, because I was lazy. You have scholarship available to anyone that want to achieve exactly what I did my way, right? Mm -hmm. And several organizations there, I'm gonna give you some name. I mentioned earlier, the Organization of Black Aerospace Professionals, they have scholarship, training scholarship, aviation scholarship for the young female that identify themselves, they wanna do that. They have women in aviation. They have like the 99s. They have several organizations that have scholarship and i frankly believe that even steamy have some scholarship so maybe it's not gonna cover the whole entire training but you're gonna receive some free money that probably can make you move three quarter step of the way and you just have to look for the one quarter left right he said to have to cover everything like i did myself or to go and pick up the loan from the bank in a good average, if I have to give you a number today for you to be able to start from zero hours all the way up to what we call commercial license at 250 hours, in average cost here in the U.S. right now is between $75,000 to $100,000. And you are not there yet. You are not getting paid like I'm getting paid doing this every single day. So you got to build time beyond it. So you got to start working again. And then at that point, you start reimbursing if you borrow all that money. But if you got that through scholarship, guess what? You're a free agent, right? Mm -hmm. So that would be my answer for that question. Work schedule, like? Uh, my personal work schedule and um, it's interesting. Okay, let me just give you an example, right? A random jundo out there, a random jundo working nine to five, Okay, I start at nine and I finish up working at 5 p.m. Mm -hmm. Work five days a week. Translate to 40 hours a week if you don't do any overtime, right? So if I scale that to a whole entire month, you basically work 20 days in a month. In a good average, 31 or 30 days, whatever month you're in, you only have 10 days off. Okay, now... In terms of the hours, you multiply that by four, so you're looking at 160 hours, 
in a month. That's right. a lot of work. Myself and all my peers out there, we don't do that. We do half of that. In terms of, if I look one month, we're working like 76 hours minimum. Okay. Okay. Now, the way we do this, just to really enjoy the benefits of the industry as an airline pilot, right? We maximize our schedule because we're capable. We, that that brings a lot of flexibility, right? Like myself, I'm going to take an example of myself. I'm based in San Francisco, right? Meaning that when I go to work, I got to be in San Francisco and start working. But I live in Houston. Right. So I put a lot of stuff like back to back. So I rearrange my schedule per se to make my 76 hours or my 73 hours a month. Right. In the, like in the block. And I can enjoy three weeks off. So just think about this. So everybody again work 160 hours. So 20 days a month. And I just work 10 days in a month. And I can decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to work my first. 10 days in the beginning of the month and be off 20 days. And the next month I'll be off the first 20 days of the month and work the last 10 days of the month. Mm -hmm. And I just enjoy life in between. I can do some other stuff. Right. And that's exactly what I do. So on my time off, I do a lot of like, uh, I go to school visits and I just start to inspire the next generation. I just talk to them about the aerospace and try to just make sure that they do that. There is a lot of possibility they can do that. See what I'm saying? Um, and so you said you started off um, uh, just checking bags at the airport, and then you, you worked your way all the way up through, and now you're a pilot. So um, how does how does that feel to, to finally be uh, where you at to, where you're at today? It, it feel good. Uh, trust me, it feel good. I, I, I had a good job for a few years. I mean, uh, checking passenger, putting bag on an airplane. It, it's fun. It just it just part of the whole process, right? Let's say you on. Uh, middle school, for example, and you want to be a, a big teacher, but in the middle school, because you're so good in math, you're doing baby step by maybe helping another student and you're growing, you're basically reinforcing, uh, you're training that way. So I think that what make me really achieve my goal is all the small training that I took along the way by throwing bags. I learned something in that specific section of the aerospace or the aviation that if you ask me as a pilot right now, I can tell you exactly what is going on on that entity. And the same thing on the customer service or the same thing that when you sell tickets, because I just have to learn that. And that was just part of my whole entire training. So I'm not just a pilot by trade where I just went to a pilot school and I just learned how to fly planes. So I don't know what is gravity, uh, gravity thing around. What's your, uh, what would you say is your favorite thing about your profession? What do I say that is my favorite about my profession? The freedom. Uh, it's a lot of opportunities. It doesn't seem like it is for someone who is not in there. When I'm talking about freedom, I have the opportunity to really discover our planet, our earth, per se, because I'm free. Uh, my job is allowing me to do so. In the course of a month, for example, like I can be in all the six continents, for example, but with the pandemic, it kind of 
change the dynamic a little bit because uh, a lot of restriction to go to some places. It's a lot of opportunity because I'm a pilot today by trade again, and I told you what I did prior. So we have age retirement and it's 65 years of age. So when I get to the retirement age, what's going to happen from there? I can decide to probably have a job in the office because again, I obtain a bachelor degree in aeronautics. So I got knowledge of what is going on and I'm able to also be like a dispatcher. So in conclusion, I would say the freedom is a lot of opportunity within the industry. Where do you think is the, um, the coolest place you've been to in all your many travels? That's a wonderful question. And uh, I love to meet a lot of people. The wonderful place I've been to, I have not seen a lot. I've seen more than the regular gender or jando out there. And if I have to pick something on the planet, and I will tell you Capri in Italy, and I'm gonna tell you why Capri in Italy on the coast of the Mediterranean Ocean, just in front of the city of Naples in Italy, um, is a mind blowing on that island. What you, what you can discover is is a lot of like uh, archaeological stuff. Is a lot of biology, like a marines. I mean, if you into into that kind of stuff, and the water. I cannot even give you the right color. It's not probably a color that exists or do exist. You gotta see that from your own eyes. I would say that that's one of the best places that I've ever been to. But looking forward, uh, technically, probably to see more uh, because the, the planet is kind of big. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to discover, and I don't even think that uh, with my experience that I did half of it. What is one thing you'd say um, you dislike about your job? One thing that dislike about my job. I wish I can tell you exactly what I do not like about my job because it, it does not exist. I don't even consider what I do like as a job yeah. because uh, you're so passionate about that. You love to do it, right? And I do not recall something I do not like about my job. Now, if I have to pick something out of the bed, it's just for the fact that the aviation industry is attached to the commodity, meaning that it's attached to how the customer behave or the human being behave. So if the human being become emotional based on a situation, guess what? My job get affected because of that. But in terms of the work itself, it's nothing that I dislike. Um. What is the importance of the aerospace industry? The importance of the aerospace industry, I mean, this is a wonderful question, is I don't think that for some folks out there, uh, next generation of leaders, like yourself included, um, really have the big picture. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, I haven't been to any type of job out there that is outside the aerospace industry. But I think the aerospace industry is so big and that embrace a lot of other career, just to name them, right? Most of the people usually tell me they want to be a doctor, but you can be a doctor specialized in aerospace where you just deal or treat 
pilot like me, every single year, I have to go and see a specific doctor that will give me clearance to be able to continue doing my job every single day. If I get in trouble, for example, I will not hire any lawyer. I will hire an aerospace lawyer or an aviation lawyer. We have on the airplane, you've been on an airplane before, you have like a food services. And that's not just a random chef, it's someone that works within the industry. So the industry itself have several entities that a lot of people don't really see. You can extend that to IT, information technology, to the computer, to the web page designer. All those entities are working within the aerospace industry. They're building the airports. Those guys are specialized engineers within the industry. So the industry itself, instead of just to look at, 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 at the one section because you probably see the pilot and you think, oh, it's just limited to a pilot of flight attendants, right? Look at as a wild industry that embraces the other industry. We got doctors, we got flying nurses, but they just specialize on the industry. So any job that yourself can imagine in life, you can find that within the industry. Wow. Um, and what would you say is a challenge that you faced uh, through your career? Through my whole entire career, uh, I would say I would probably change the question slightly if you allow me to do so. That because I still have a good 30 years in front of me uh, in my career, and I might probably see some other challenges. But what I've seen so far since I started with this journey, uh, not be able to probably speak the language. That was the first barrier for me coming from Europe, France to the US, but I overcome that. When I landed here in 2001, in the summer, few months right after, I don't know if you were born in, in, in 2001, 9-11 happened. So 9-11 affects me of keeping growing toward my career for a few. I overcome that. And the other thing that I also overcome back in 2008, it was another crisis that really affect. Remember when I mentioned that my industry is attached with commodity and that's the section that I don't totally like uh, with the industry because when uh, the customers are not feeling well or are emotionally touched by something else, guess what, we get affected. So that crisis affect my industry as well. So is always a way to overcome that, right? Because you, again, those attributes that I gave to you would keep you, you, you keep your head out of the water, per se, right? And recently, uh, the pandemic of the COVID-19 also affect um, the industry, but we got to learn how to be just delicate and uh, be resistant or resilient, per se, and just keep on, on pressing on because at the end of the day, you come with passion. And because you're so passionate, because you love what you do, you don't even see all those challenges. For you, it's just like something that you got to solve, right? And you, you you just have to take that the way they come to you. So a major challenge, you would say, um, uh, right as of now, is uh, COVID-19. So how has that impacted um your uh your career all right how does that impact my career that's that's a wonderful question um 
And on the domestic side, you know, right now, for example, we're on a spring break, right? Where we usually have a lot of young students, they moving from the cold weather, they try to find the warm weather. It's just the way the spring works. But we don't see those students coming through. They don't, they don't buy a ticket. We don't see the demand on that. So that's one section of it. Now, if you expand that just slightly, I used to fly a lot like in Canada. I used to fly a lot like over Mexico because the new policies that the countries are putting together are making the travel industry kind of hard and the vaccination have not been advanced too well that people are not feel like they're safe enough to probably go out there and probably mingle outside um, the country and which is understandable. So that means what? So if JC, if I use you for an example, you don't pay your ticket, it's hard for the company to use the money or probably put the fuel on the airplane. It's hard for them to pay me. So it's a kind of a dominant factor uh, type of deal. Um, what advice would you give someone who's um, a student um, interested in becoming a pilot or uh, like you said, you know, an aerospace doctor, lawyer, uh, engineer, anything like that? I would give them this advice. Uh, one thing I would say that as far as I know, the future is bright. All right. Mm -hmm. And if the look at someone like me that came from a tiny village with nothing were able to achieve that level of professionalism i will say that they can do that okay do not give up and most of the time we receive like a no as an answer and oh, and I'm gonna give you a clear definition of what does I mean, N-O. N-O, if JC stand in front of me and you say no, all right? And it's N-O, right? I'm gonna just tell myself that is a new opportunity. Meaning what? I would love to receive more N-O in my life because I would create more new opportunities. So that's exactly what happened to me. I would love to have more challenges in life because that would create more opportunity on, 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 on the back end of, of the equation. So that would be my line for advice. The road will not be easy. That's just life. Life is just like that. But we need to embrace that and we need to be dedicated and redetermined based on what we try to achieve and just stick to the game. Mm -hmm. And you got to build what I usually call a support system. And that starts from home with your parents. And when you walk away from the house, you go to school. So whatever you learn in school, the teacher gave you 10 thumbs up. I, I didn't become who I become because I just grab a book and read that because I had some good teachers. They, they, they gave me some good knowledge. Right. So 
that will help you become who you want to become. So that will be my approach of the question. That will be my answer. If you could um, say something to your past self or, or change something that you did, uh, what would it be? Oh, oh, man, that's a wonderful question. I mean, I always ask that to myself. Every time I see a young JC, and I wish, I wish I had someone speaking to you, JC. I wish, I wish I had someone coming to me and telling me what I'm telling to you as we speak right now. I wish I had that. So we call that like a mentor, right? Someone that you can look after. Say, hey, I want to become like this guy. So if I have any question or have any doubt, I want some clarification. I will get the answer. And that will help me probably achieve a lot of things that I had to figure out first before getting there. So a mentorship, a mentor will be truly and exponentially advance you to any type of career or achievement that you want to uh, pursue in life. Okay, well, what do you see in the future for uh, aerospace and aeronautics? Uh, the future, again, the future is bright. Yeah. That's for me. Some people will tell you the future is scary. Okay. And why I'm saying scary? Because there's a lot of controversy out there. Like right now, when I came in 20 years ago in the U.S., it was not Uber Eats. It was not Uber. It was not DoorDash. Right? It was not a Uber car where nobody's beyond the wheel and driving. So... A lot of pilots, a lot of my peers are kind of scared because we, we're so passionate about what we do yeah. that if we don't have a job anymore, we'd be so qualified because I would just want to be a pilot, right? And now there's no more pilots out there. So the young Jesse that want to be a pilot right now, that's what he want to do. And the future is telling him he's not going to be available. I think we're destroying some dreams. Yeah. And... Again, uh, I'm not against that because it's just the way it is. It's a technology. I didn't grow up with iPhone. It's just part of the technology. Maybe it's going to be something that we do better for our planet. It's something that we're doing better for our species. So I accept that. And I just hope that when it's happening, I'll be still part of it and see how that thing functions, really. But I don't want young students today, they, they have that dream and they're changing course because that's exactly what the industry are looking forward into that my advice would be okay if you see something like that in front of you just try to find a place of trying to find something inside a train right and still be happy and still be passionate about that what would you like to do in the future i want to do a lot of stuff yeah. I want to do a lot of stuff. The first thing that I will do, let's say tomorrow I retire tomorrow. Mm -hmm. The first thing I want to do, I would think I will go back to be like a teacher. Because you carry so much knowledge that you don't want to leave the planet or the earth with your knowledge. Either you give that back by becoming an educator and that's what I want to do. That will be number one thing. Number two thing, I want, really want to sit down and write my story. Put that in a book. Mm -hmm. Because 
by reading someone else's story that will inspire someone else to probably keep my legacy or to probably better what I started. And uh, I really want to pay forward about helping another human being because I think that that's fair enough. Otherwise, what was the, pers- the purpose of me living in the whole entire planet if I cannot help another individual succeed or become? I want to feel like, you know, I participate, like we all participate, for example, right now, like we want to bury our planet. We, 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 we separate the, 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 the garbage. Okay, this one is recyclable and this one is a true garbage. You see what I'm saying? Just to make it better. So I want to be uh, doing something like that. That's, that's all for uh, today. Thank you so much. That was um, super inspirational, super. Um, I, I've learned so much just in these you know, 30 minutes or however long it's been. Um, and I think I'm definitely going to take this, you know, what you've taught me for the rest of my life. And I, 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 I would love you to do so. And uh, if I can give you a line of advice, I would say uh, pay forward. Basically that, I mean, if something that you learn or you hear or someone that gives something to you, right, pay that forward. Give that to another individual that is in need or someone else that would cross path with you. And that, that would be a, 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 something good that you're going to do for yourself. Thank you, Jean-Olivier, for your time, and thank you to our viewers. Be sure to check out our other episodes and subscribe to our channel. Stay up to date with our upcoming events and activities by following us on social media and signing up for our event list. We're planning to have a live event with Jean-Olivier this fall, so please stay tuned. Check the description for all the links. See you next time.